Well, I'm glad to finally have you here. Unfortunately, last week, um, it's kind of like a, a, a recovery week for me. Uh, I had just gotten done finishing up, you know, like a big project, Dia de Muertos. Uh, and then like everything kind of just, I, I kind of put everything on the, uh, on the back end. And then that week came and I was like, oh my God, I got so many things to do. Uh, but I'm finally glad to have you here. Yeah. Um, I woke up this morning and before our, you know, before, before this podcast, I was like, Hmm, I'm going to watch your film one more time. Uh, and I watched it and, um, it was pretty good. There was like a lot of hidden messages in there. Uh, but one that really kind of stuck out to me was kind of like that, uh, struggle that a lot of people face, you know, and having to take care of someone in your family who, um, can't take care of themselves, that being for medical reasons or financial reasons. Um, so my first question to you is how, how was that film made? Like what, what first inspired you to make that film? Man, uh, I started writing that movie at the end of 2017. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I had just made, uh, I was in like the second, it's called DF2. So digital filmmaking to it. University mm -hmm. of Central Arkansas, and I just made uh, a short in that class, and I hated it. it mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and, you know, all my professors were talking about, like, write what you know. And that short, I wrote about, like, these three friends that they were leaving high school, and they're all going to college, and they're all going, like, different parts of the country. Mm -hmm. And, like, they're worried about not seeing each other. And uh, I just, like, I made it. I tried to write something that I knew that's how I felt with my friends at the time. But then it was like, I just didn't have the confidence when I made that. Yeah. And I just kind of had to like step back for a bit and kind of reevaluate things and what I want to write and what I wanted to film. And the one thing that I was absolutely sure of when it was like, write about yourself was that I, I grew up in Cabot, Arkansas. Okay. And I knew it was absolutely boring mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and being like Puerto Rican, yeah. like my family's from Puerto Rico. My mom was born there. There is a sense of like, man, how the hell did I end up here? Yeah, <laughs> in, exactly. In Cabot, Arkansas. And I kind of started writing this like stoner dramedy kind of mm -hmm. thing. And it, it went through many different versions. And like the first version is like, it's it's the same dynamic like one of the earliest is like there's the grandfather and the grandson mm -hmm. but the grandfather is like they live off the grid and he's like this super conspiracy it was like way more out there and, and goofier but yeah. I so but it was always it was always a pizza place it was always like this mm -hmm. with with weed because it's just like <laughs> what young people do what young people <laughs> do and uh i think it it finally took a lot more shape because I I was writing it and in my mind it was kind of funny, but it was missing a piece that was a bit more, I don't know, gave it more heart. Mm -hmm. And my best friend, he came here from Puerto Rico when he was eight years old. Mm -hmm. We met in the third grade in Cabot. And the only two Puerto Ricans in Cabot. <laughs> Almost, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. There have been some that have come and gone, but we've been, <laughs> yeah. we, I guess we've been the two mainstays, but, uh, uh, I mean, we're, we're like brothers and I kind of felt that putting more of him 
in the main character than me uh, gave the story just so much more to work with and to go yeah. on. And I mean, there's, there's so many things that like pull from, I don't know, deep yeah. in like my subconscious. That did you, Yeah. Did you base that like the, the protagonist of the whole film, like off your friend or? So it's partially me, partially him. Okay. Um, but I, I mean, a lot of it's him and I mean, he acted in yeah. the film. He's the, he's the lead. And, um, it, it, it's, it's more based on him because I was born here in the U S mm -hmm. and he did come here when he was eight years old. Uh, I, I mean, it, it felt better for the story to have somebody who went coming transition, like, doing yeah. the transition at a young age mm -hmm. and kind of being promised by somebody yeah. older that life's going to be better here. Exactly. Um, I feel like even if you're like bright as a baby, you really don't have the understanding. Like you're still, you know, you're technically American, you know, like there's a lot of kids who two, three or four. Um, so they grow up, you know, being American. Yeah. Um, but I feel like eight is a really good age to kind of, well, it's not a good age, but you know, yeah. it's kind of, you, you understand a lot yeah. more of what's going on in the world um, yeah. at that age and that transition. Um, you know, it would make it harder than, you know, being born here or just coming here at a really early age. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was his story. And I mean, eight, eight, eight is a really good age for it. Cause it's mm -hmm. like, you've had your childhood yeah. and this sense of home. And then all of a sudden it's, it's changing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I felt that that was really critical to it. Cause I think, I mean, you know, for me growing up and for him, like the whole reason his family came here was the idea that like things will be better for us here. And I mean, for me, it was like, Oh yeah, you're in the U.S. There's so many you can do yeah. so much, but then as you get older, I mean, so much more of the the realities of it mm -hmm. set in. And I mean, that's kind of the heart of like. That that's one of the big major pieces of it is like, we're here in the in like, the small town in Arkansas. There's not much going on. Yeah, uh, we've got we're from this really amazing island. Like, sure, there's there's troubles and 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 things going on there, but it's like, man, I kind of wish I was there, there instead of here. I wish I was struggling there instead yeah, of here. Exactly. Um, and that's kind of like something I explored with it. I, mm -hmm. And I, I want to like preface all this by saying like, especially while making this movie, like I, I do really love Cabot and mm -hmm. I do really love Arkansas for all of its like beauties and flaws. But I think that's like, it's, it's all of this is like wrangling with the idea of like, especially if you're like your family's from out of the country or from yeah. somewhere else is like, you're dealing with those, that sense of identity, mm -hmm. like how much of you is American versus Puerto exactly. Rican or, or Hispanic or, mm -hmm. or whatnot. So, well, yeah. And even though like, you know, you said you, you basically grew up here, you kind of still, the, the ideas of like growing up in a, in like a place that you can actually call home, you know, where people listen to the same music, um, you know, you have access to, to your family's food 24 yeah. seven, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's different. Definitely. When I go visit, um, you know, Mexico, I try to take advantage of all of that. Uh, you know, the music, the food, the culture, uh, even, even just the people. Cause you know, people in Latin America, I don't know, I feel like they're more lovable. Yeah. You know? All right. Yeah. I mean, there's, the the there's, culture. It's different for yeah. me. It was a bit different. Cause yeah. I definitely grew up more on like being more, into American stuff. And okay. as I got older and started realizing like 
how important where my family mm -hmm. is from and how, par how important that is for my identity that I started going yeah. back in that direction and, you know, kind of learning more about more where you came from and stuff yeah, like that. And so, and that, that's another really important thing I think about baking about the movie is mm -hmm. like, I wanted it to be this mix of Americana mm -hmm. and like Latin culture. Cause I love them both. And like, you know, it's, it's, uh, like one of the biggest influences on this movie is like Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, he's like my hero and like, just like getting that, like taking those like Americana stories and then replacing it with somebody that's like, yeah, I'm from Puerto Rico yeah. and like putting them in the middle of something that's supposed to be that, that looks like rebel without a cause mm -hmm. or these old like classic movies, you know, and just like completely changing the, instead of just some, you know, American guy struggling to do whatever it's yeah. like, no, here's like, you know, change the, change the context of that kind exactly. of scene. So, yeah. Um, you know, kind of towards the beginning of the film, uh, it was like the grandpa was telling the, the, the grandson, you know, they're moving to kind of for like a better life. And then like, it kind of just transitions into the guy working at the pizza place. Yeah. Uh, do you think what was like the, the idea behind that? Is it just to kind of, maybe they're still in that same situation they were yeah. back home or? Well, I wanted to yeah. like undercut it comically because it yeah. cuts to him and then he drops the little bag of weed because yeah. he's selling weed outside the pizza place. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's just like, cause I think a lot of people, if they're wanting to leave Puerto Rico, if they're in like a bad situation mm -hmm. or whatever, they're wanting to, you know, get their kids off the streets and not yeah. get involved with that. But then, you know, even coming to the U S and even going to some small town that's like away from where you think a lot of that mm -hmm. stuff happens. It's like, no, it's still, still really there. easy yeah. to like end up getting involved in that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was just basically like, we're just going to cut, it is just cutting to it and just kind of in a comical way. Cause I didn't want to beat the audience over the head with like, no, it's still terrible, yeah. but like just kind of comically like, no, he's working at a pizza place. It sucks. He's yeah. selling weed, but, <laughs> but, and, and that's why, you know, mm -hmm. having Ian, my best friend, cause he's super charismatic and fun. Yeah. And I wanted the character to be really fun and likable. I felt that also helped kind of yeah. ease the audience into being like, yeah, his, his life isn't the greatest, but you can feel more sorry mm -hmm. for him if he's, if he's still trying to make friends and yeah. be happy. So, yeah. Does your, did your friend have any acting experience before this or was this his first go at yeah, it? Yeah. So we both did, uh, competitive theater in high school. Okay. So we were both in that together. Um, as far as him being on film pretty well, we had actually, I started with him making short films in high school, mm -hmm. just really silly stuff mostly. So I guess he had kind of acted on camera before, but this was the first time I had asked him to like, okay, we're doing like a yeah. serious role take things and to the next level basically yeah and so um but he was he's a natural at it uh yeah. we did um rehearsals with all the, the cast i mean he was basically at every rehearsal because he's in every scene and i mean he uh, i think i think the first thing we had to do was just kind of because he had mostly done theater before was mm -hmm. to like uh kind of get the theater acting out because that tends to be 
bigger. Yeah. And so I was, you know, trying to get that, bring it down that you can communicate so much more through just subtle action. Bigger, do you um, mean just like, like louder, more? Yeah. So like in theater, cause yeah. you're performing for the whole audience. For the audience, correct. And yeah. then film, all you need to do to like convey something sometimes is just mm -hmm. like lift your eyebrow, you yeah. know, like you don't, you don't need a lot. For sure. Um, but he, he, like, he understood that super quickly and. I mean, that was my favorite part of the movie was yeah. working with him and all the actors and just yeah. having fun with the performances. So cool, cool, cool. And um, towards the end of the film, it kind of just cuts off like the, the, the grandfather. He gets there. Uh, obviously, he's super disappointed in what he just did. Basically, had to bail him out. And then kind of yeah. after that, um, there's that's it. You know, kind of just cuts uh is that was that on purpose or what was the meaning behind yeah so having that ending so um it is i mean for for the purpose of the short mm -hmm. i mean it is kind of like because he asks the last line in the movie and he asks mm -hmm. uh gabriel the main character he asks him uh do you really feel at home here mm -hmm. because at the beginning of the movie he says as long as you're with me uh it'll be like you're at home yeah and for Abuelo, it's he at that point in the movie just kind of feels like he's failed at the one thing he kind of dedicated this last part of his life to, mm -hmm. which was bringing him to the United States, giving him an opportunity, keeping him away from, you know, drugs and crime and yeah. and, and stuff like that. But and and I mean, it's it's he it's more of a question for. I guess people in the audience who maybe relate to it is just like to take a moment and like, do you really feel at home here? What, yeah. it, you know, and it's just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a really yeah. hard hitting question. Every time I watch it, I, I always get, cause yeah. it's my grandfather. So mm -hmm. when he asks it, I always feel sad because my grandfather's <laughs> crying on, on camera. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's open to like whoever, however you want to interpret it. Yeah, yeah. For, for that purpose, that's for the short, that's kind of how it is, you know, and people can kind of interpret it or figure it out however they want to. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the plan is to want to make a feature film mm -hmm. or a TV show. I don't know. I have outlines yeah. for both things and it's just kind of like that's just like the first act yeah and then you, you, we, we cut see. to black and yeah. then we go to the next thing but that's that's kind of just like mm -hmm. for the rest of the movie it's him like trying to figure out okay what am i going to do with my life because yeah. we, we're at this crossroads now and something has to be yeah. figured out so exactly cool 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 well you had just you had mentioned to me as well that um you just came back from a film festival yes was it for this film as well or is yes. it yeah Yes, it was for this yeah. film. It was the Luska Fantastic yeah. Film Festival in in uh, Puerto Rico. How did it go? Do you know results or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Baking was nominated for uh, best local editing and okay. best local drama. Okay. So awesome. they, uh, that was um, we didn't win anything, but we mm -hmm. got nominated for stuff. So that That's was the cool good. part. Yeah. Uh, after this, what's what's next for you? Do you have another film in, in mind? More yeah. festivals to attend to? So yeah. Um, Waiting to hear back from a couple more festivals for baking um, and just seeing what what else can be done with that. Yeah. Cause, um, just just seeing, you know, because it's a lot of effort to like 
make a feature film exactly. or if I want to make it into a show, which I think it would be great as a show as well. But like to be able to do that, you need to find the right yeah. place to do it and money and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but I am working on uh, another script, which I think will be probably the next thing I work on. Yeah. Uh, and I'm currently just I, I've got a, a really good, solid draft done, um, but just kind of still working on it and and mm-hmm. uh um hopefully start filming maybe 2024 okay. or something like that so that's not bad yeah yeah well you're almost you're done with school or are you almost done with school uh, i've been done with school for yeah. three years okay awesome <laughs> so yeah no I, I i graduated from uca three years ago okay. uh natalie you know she's in grad school yeah. so i always kind of end up being there everybody yeah. thinks i'm in school but i'm okay. not i just keep hanging out at yeah. school so <laughs> okay i mean that's not bad no, yeah. you gotta do what you gotta do but um any 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 previews you want to give us on this new film yeah or? um so it's uh the working the title right now is cowboys and it's a western okay um and it's kind of uh the whole concept behind it's kind of like playing on the idea of westerns and this image of masculinity i'm mm-hmm. a huge fan of like the good the bad and the ugly clint eastwood films yeah. I, I love western movies um but it takes place in like 1985 and this dad um basically you know he's involved in the wrong stuff he's like selling drugs or whatever he kidnaps his son because the mom wants to take the son away mm-hmm. and he's like driving across the country and like this red mustang with this kid like selling drugs and the kid doesn't really know what's going on and the one thing that the dad and the son bond over is like cowboy films Mm -hmm. and the dad is like trying to instill this idea of being a man and like acting like these action like cowboy western heroes but it just you know gets them into trouble and he's doing the wrong things in front of the sun. And so, yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of, yeah. that's basically kind of the main concept of okay. it. It's so. completely different from what you, what yeah, you've done. I mean, I, I think they're going to, the main characters are going to be Hispanic though. Yeah. I think they're going to be Cuban American. Okay. So I, th- I guess it's a little bit tied still, yeah. you know, I think it's important to, you know, do, do more stuff with Hispanic characters. And I think there's an angle to be made with mm-hmm. them being Cuban. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, you being, uh, you know, basically a, a Puerto Rican Latino filmmaker, do you want to just like kind of stay within the, like the Latino community to be able to do your films? Uh, I mean, for, for like, for those films. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got other things I want to work on other concepts that I have that, doesn't necessarily need to be mm-hmm. they're not necessarily hispanic stories yeah um i think it's important i think that latino filmmakers and i mean a lot of latino films of the past some of those directors are some of the best make some of the best movies like yeah. Alfonso cuaron and uh uh guillermo del toro and mm-hmm. and there's they just they there's such a strong you know, um, heritage to, yeah. uh, Hispanic filmmaking that I think it's something that if I can, if I'm working on a project mm-hmm. and it, it can have that, it's, it's not being forced in, mm-hmm. then, you know, I think it's super important to try and do it because mm-hmm. it's 
there's there's a I think it's there's so much talent and there's so many people and there's so much so many people out there that just need like to see yeah. somebody that's like oh they're Hispanic too or mm-hmm. they're from wherever and that's all they need to like say I can do this you yeah. know so I think it's super important but okay that's cool yeah all right well changing uh, as a subject a little bit uh, a few weeks ago you had sent me a link to your film and then also a documentary you had made uh which was uh, based around hurricane maria right? yeah um and it seems like what about a month ago they got hit by with another yeah. hurricane How long? and you were just there so give us a little bit about about your perspective on, <sighs> on that topic like because i know you know puerto rico is not getting the the help that it needs it you know their power outages all the time yeah so it's yeah so basically five years ago um yeah puerto rico was hit by hurricane maria and this is category five pretty sure and it really it literally destroyed a lot of the island um and i mean like they didn't have power for i think a lot of places didn't have power for like three months it Mm -hmm. was and you know the island didn't really get kind of the support it needed even when help got there or Mm -hmm. things it wasn't being uh distributed properly or those kind of things and it's just kind of these hurricanes and these weather disasters that have been happening to puerto rico um it was just a month and a half ago, two months ago, I think it was Fiona. Yeah. I, I keep getting them confused between the one that hit Florida and the one that hit Puerto Rico because mm-hmm. they all have different names and I keep forgetting. But um, that one wasn't as bad, but still there mm-hmm. parts of the island when I was there just two or three weeks ago didn't have electricity yeah. and still, you know, just de- debris mm-hmm. in some places and whatnot. But these these this, these weather disasters and they they're just kind of show a bigger problem with the relationship between the island and the mainland mm-hmm. because uh, Puerto Rico is a United States territory. Yeah. People born in Puerto Rico get U.S. citizenship, but they do not vote. They don't get to vote in presidential elections. Yeah. They can vote in primaries and vote for their own you know mm-hmm. government, but. As far as having much of a say in the actual country's policy or decision making, uh, they don't get much. They, they don't voice, really yeah. get much. Um, and it's a very, yeah. really complicated situation with yeah. over centuries worth yeah. of. <laughs> they also like don't get like the same natural disaster like relief uh, help yeah. from what I've heard. You know, no, it's yeah. I I don't I don't understand. There, I think, you know, obviously there's the the racism of it, mm-hmm. of people that don't want to help because it's just Hispanic people yeah. on the island. And I think there's also a lot of ignorance about it. Like, I think, you know, there's a lot of people that don't even realize that Puerto Ricans mm-hmm. are American citizens. And, like, it's like... You know, especially for Hurricane Maria, like yeah. the one time Puerto Rico really, 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 really needed help. Mm-hmm. It was it was just like, where is it? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, um, but the people there are very resilient and they're very strong. Um, 
and there's a whole lot of debate there on you know whether they want to be a state or independent or mm -hmm. just keep being a territory yeah. uh but yeah i mean the people there there it's it's a lot of the same sentiment that people here have maybe mm -hmm. kind of losing hope in things maybe being you know a bit cynical about government and whatnot um but you know there it's a little bit i feel like it's a little bit more on edge yeah when you you kind of feel like people are much more open mm -hmm. to criticizing and they're much more fierce mm -hmm. about it so um it's it's a sad situation but the people there are very strong and one of my favorite stories hearing about um hurricane maria is like even when there's no electricity people had lost their homes or just you know things were bad in proper puerto rican fashion people were still like hey come over to my house we're gonna cook we're yeah. gonna dance we're gonna party we're gonna have a good time don't mm -hmm. worry like people were still you know trying to like live life to the fullest yeah. even though things were pretty terrible for sure so what's uh where, where where were you at this time that you went to puerto rico or san jose so so what or san juan so i was in uh caguas that's where my uh my family lives in caguas it's kind of mm -hmm. like kind of in the center okay. of the island um but it's like only an hour away from san juan yeah uh if there's traffic maybe less than an hour mm -hmm. um the the festival was in Guaynabo, which is like in between yeah. San Juan and Caguas, if I'm correct, if my mental map is right. Um, but that so I spent a lot of my time in Caguas, Guaynabo, and then my grandfather lives in a town right outside of Caguas called Aguas mm -hmm. Buenas, and he lives on top of a mountain. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> nice. got to got to go see all Thank that. You. Well, yeah, man, it's it's I went out there summer of 2021. Um, I think the day that I got there, they had finally lifted like the mass restrictions and all that. Um, so I got to experience the the nightlife in Puerto Rico. Yeah. It was dope. Yeah. It's probably one of the best, best places I've been at yeah. like, as far as like partying and just. Puerto Rico knows yeah, how to party. Having a good time. <laughs> yeah. It was really dope. Um, and I discovered this cool drink. It's called gasolina. It comes like in a little Capri Sun uh, little pouch or whatever. And it's just uh, ron con parcha. So oh, it's yeah. one of the best things in the world. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite part about Puerto Rico, the partying and that little drink, which they actually had it. Uh, I went to see Bad Bunny in Orlando and they had the same drink there in Florida, but it was like a big version of it. Oh, like yeah. A, a big. Yeah. Florida patch. gets all the, the cool Puerto stuff. Rico stuff. Yeah. They got all this stuff from Puerto mm -hmm. Rico. Sometimes if we're lucky, like things trickle over here and yeah we walk into walmart and we're like what is this doing yeah. here but no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah florida gets all the good stuff but yeah yeah that 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 um that drink will always have a special heart a place in my heart <laughs> uh because i blacked out to that stuff i was like jesus christ <laughs> nice. um but yeah uh talk to me a little bit about what it was like growing up, you know, being Puerto Rican and Cabot of all places. Um, I'm pretty sure you got it a lot of times, you know, people called you Mexican because that's the only thing they know. Yeah, <laughs> though, yeah I think if, uh, if I talked about my Hispanic heritage, there was a lot of, you know, not, they didn't really, some people didn't really understand like mm -hmm. where I was from, but you know, Puerto Rico does have the benefit of like, it is a fairly popular tourist destination. Yeah. So a lot of people kind of, kind of knew the thing I always got. And like, so like my mom's Puerto Rican, mm -hmm. my biological father 
is Italian. So mm -hmm. I'm Puerto Rican Italian, born and raised in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And so the thing I always had growing up and I guess still kind of now is like when I'm in Arkansas, I talk like everybody. Mm -hmm. I know country accent, everything. <laughs> no, I don't have a country accent, yeah. but I have a, a pretty neutral accent. Yeah. I talk like an American and people are like, you sound like you're from here, but mm -hmm. you look not quite mm -hmm. like, you know, I am like white, I guess. So like, it's just, but a lot of, and then when I'm in like Puerto Rico or I don't know, another Hispanic country or somewhere else, they're like, you don't sound mm -hmm. like us. Like, but you kind of like, you know, yeah. I'm always in this weird, like in between. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, like growing up, I was always it, it was always this thing that as I got older, the more I leaned into like, you know, I'm Puerto Rican. Like it was a thing that I kind of because I was separated from it. So it was like, I guess when you're younger, it's harder to like kind of grasp like when my mom says like, oh, you're Puerto Rican, like this is this and your family visits, it's harder to kind of grasp like what that all means. Mm -hmm. But then like, uh, you know, as I, as I got older, it, it started coming to me and I started leaning uh, all the way back, uh, back into that. And, and uh, I don't know, it was difficult from people here. It was also difficult when family friends or, or family came over and they're like, damn, why don't you speak Spanish? Mm -hmm. It's like, I grew up here and <laughs> my parents speak to me in English. Yeah. So I don't know. It's weird. It's always been a part. It, now that I'm older and I can like properly look back on it and kind of understand it, I, I kind of lean into that. And like, I'm happy that I have all these places to call home. Sometimes I do like, even right now, like a few weeks ago when I was in Puerto Rico, it was mm -hmm. still kind of like, I'm still like learning things about the yeah. island. That was only my fourth time to go to Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And it was still like, you know, just, just learning about my family or just learning these other things. And it's weird. I don't feel like I belong to one place. Mm -hmm. And as, and that's what baking is. And that's one of the biggest feelings is yeah. that like, I go to all these places where my family's mm -hmm. from and even when I'm here, I just feel like these places are my homes, but yeah. it's almost like partially like this. This is like, you know, I don't know, like Puerto Rico is my living room. Arkansas is my kitchen. Like, I don't know yeah. how to explain It's some weird metaphor <laughs> like that. Like, you know, in Arkansas, I feel like there's one part of me that this is home, but then it's like yeah. somewhere else. Like it's it's separated off or something. I For don't sure. know. That's a weird metaphor, I think. But. Yeah. I, maybe it makes sense. <laughs> I think it does. Yeah. There's a, I guess there's like a, a constant battle, like trying to be, you know, I, I remember watching uh, the movie Selena. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, the dad at one point, he's like, you know, Mexican Americans, the toughest thing to be in the world. You got to be more Mexican than the Mexicans to prove that you're Mexican. And then you got to be more American than the Americans to prove that you're American. Yeah. So I feel like sometimes it's like that. Cause you know, uh, you know, visiting, uh, another country like Mexico, for example, they're all going to call me American and like gringo and all that. Uh, gabacho. I, yeah. I've gotten all the terms. <laughs> and then being here, you know, it's like, oh, no, you're you're Mexican, you're, you know, Latino, whatever. So I'm like, damn, yeah. it's kind of like getting hate on both sides. So where where do I fit in? You know? <laughs> yeah, that's mm -hmm. definitely I don't I don't think I've had it as as bad mm -hmm. as other people, but I've, I definitely feel just like 
that out of placeness. Yeah. Sometimes just, you know, I have friends that are like, you're not really Puerto Rican. You're just, <laughs> you're just from here. Yeah. This is whatever. And I'm just like, no, like this is like my, like my mom speaks perfect Spanish. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you know, and, and so I, I've, I've gotten that. So it's just, it's. Do you have the Puerto Rican flag in your car? I don't have a Puerto uh, I have a Honduran flag in my car because uh, of Natalie. <laughs> <dang>. <laughs> we bought one for her yeah. movie and it was just like, well, now uh, it's just. She, I, she fits the Latino stereotype. You got to have your flag I know. in your car. The only to, flag <laughs> I have is a, I guess it's more of my Italian pride. I have mm -hmm. a Ferrari flag in my okay. office. So nice. I got my, my, my Ferrari. Heck yeah. My Forza Ferrari, everybody. So. <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, at what point did you decide you wanted to pursue uh, you know, filmmaking and, and this like the whole industry. So I think ever since I was a kid, there was something in the back of my head that was like, uh, I know this is, um, something I kind of want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was eight years old, my dad took me to see revenge of the Sith star Wars on a school night. It's a solid movie. Probably one of my favorite. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> but I, my dad took me to see that when I was seven years old mm -hmm. on a school night, I had like, I saw a trailer on TV because mm -hmm. it was like before I knew how to use the internet. So it's like TV was my source of information. And I remember screaming in excitement. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember seeing obi-wan and anakin fighting and i just like was deeply emotional mm -hmm. seven-year-old like oh my god <laughs> and yeah. then my my favorite part of the story though is i like turn to my dad and he's asleep <laughs> but yeah. i think you know ever since i was a kid and like memories like that i would watch movies and just kind of be like i could do that yeah i i can figure out how to do that and like i was always interested in behind the scenes and like when like directors would talk or whatever. I was like, yeah, that's like, I, I vibe with that. Mm -hmm. And then when I was in high school, um, I really wanted to get into game design, like video games. Cause I really into video games as well. Um, and that's for a moment. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make video games. Yeah. And then I realized that you had to be good at math and I'm pretty not good mm -hmm. at math. Um, and so I was like, wait a minute, what, about it of video games do I like? And yeah. then I was like, oh, it's the story, it's the characters. And that brought me right back again to film. And I don't know, it was just one of those things that I was like, yeah, this is it. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. Like it was never much of a doubt, mm -hmm. I guess. So um it's just something I, I guess I always kind of loved. Yeah. So <laughs> So would you say Revenge of the Sith is one of your favorite or the favorite movie? It's not my favorite yeah. movie, but uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, it was definitely my favorite yeah. movie. But um, it's up there; it's in my top yeah. ten. Just, just just out of I, I got as a as a now like I guess film school put my nose in the air thing. I yeah. could criticize it all day long, <laughs> but uh, just what it means to me, yeah. it's definitely a top ten. It's definitely yeah. like something life changing for you or inspirational. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Big. Yeah, is I think that was. It was important yeah. that I saw that movie. So, what uh, would you say is your favorite right. or top three at least? Top three? Yeah. Um, I'll start from the bottom. Right. Well, actually, two and three are in no particular yeah. order, I guess. I would probably say The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Okay. Um, and then Annie Hall uh, by Woody Allen. Um, love those movies to death. And then my favorite movie, 
um, right now is Porco Rosso. It's a Studio Ghibli movie. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, it's. I think it's. Yeah. I'm. Pre- in my opinion, it's kind of the most underrated Ghibli movie. Um, again, for me, I I really love the movie. Again, mm-hmm. it's just got a really strong personal connection to me that actually connects to my Italian heritage. Yeah. Um, but it's about this. Uh, this it's like pre World War II Italy, and it's about this cursed pig played by Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Well, he's he's a human, but he's cursed to look like a pig, and he's a pilot. Um, it's my door. <laughs> <laughs> that promise is not ghost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he, and he's like, uh, it's, it's just like this very, it's kind of very lighthearted, but like based on like Casablanca mm-hmm. and just all this stuff. I don't know. I mean, I think it's super underrated. I could totally understand somebody watching it and being like, okay, I'm moving mm-hmm. on to the next thing. But for me, I think it's, it's. I don't know. I love it. I love yeah. it to death that movie. So. It- Italians are known for that genre now, the the Western genre. Or you know, yeah, that. yeah. No, so so uh, yeah. yeah, the Westerns started in the U.S. Quick, mm-hmm. quick cinema history. I please, guess, please. Is is uh, <laughs> it started? And you know, John Ford was like one of the most, uh, the biggest uh, Western director, I guess. And you you know, he worked with John Wayne and everything. Yeah. And then uh, Kurosawa, Akira Kurosawa, is the most. Uh, like famous Japanese film director of all time. Uh, I mean, he wasn't directly, I mean, he had a list of numerous influences, but he Mm -hmm. was also really inspired by John Ford and his, and Western films. And he made numerous great movies. Um, One of them being Yojimbo, which is a samurai movie. Mm -hmm. And so Sergio Leone, who is this Italian filmmaker, he saw Yojimbo yeah. And the thing to do in Italy and Europe at the time was to like fly over a B list American actor and produce a Western in like Spain or some parts of Italy because there's like a desert in Spain yeah. and whatnot. And then you just have like Spanish, Italian, German actors and and you just dub it all over at the end because Italian law requires that all films be dubbed in Italian. Yeah. So Sergio Leone saw Yojimbo. He... Uh, I don't remember the full story, but then he was like, I'm making Fistful of Dollars. And they flew in Clint Eastwood. Sergio Leone turns out to just be a genius and makes yeah. this super awesome stylistic thing. And that's kind of how Spaghetti Westerns were born. Yeah. So, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that because I, I, I didn't know. I just hear all the time and I'm like, huh, they just, I guess they just love Western movies. Yeah, yeah. it's it's funny. It, <laughs> yeah. It's a funny term like Spaghetti yeah. Westerns. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's the it's it's how it got how that's it happened. Really cool. So heck yeah. So you take a lot of inspiration from from that or now for, for your new movie that you're... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's not going to be too over the top like a Spaghetti mm-hmm. Western, but definitely looking at the the philosophy of like how the camera works and mm-hmm. just... I love how, how Leon uses his camera, like his framing, because the one thing I'm going to do for all of my movies is film everything in CinemaScope, like the widest possible yeah. and i i got that because like the good the bad and the ugly is like cinemascope yeah. super widescreen um because i mean to me i just love that like i think that mm-hmm. is cinema if it's if it's not like crawling off your tv like yeah. <laughs> why bother but uh uh no i just you know he i think he uses his camera in a really economic fashion mm-hmm. in that he's he's going to use every shot to drip as much story as he can mm-hmm. into the film. And 
that that's that's definitely gonna make it in there and and i just you know his style just making everything look cool everybody looks cool you know he just tilts everybody's hat so perfectly like every like he he dresses people up in a way that it's just like people probably did not dress like that back then but it's just they look great Mm -hmm. and you just you just get so involved in that so i'm yeah i i I love he's definitely one of my favorite directors so i'm definitely taking inspiration from all that so who takes number one as your favorite director (sighs) i don't know um i love kurosawa actually man i really do love i'm not i don't do any animation but i love hayao miyazaki and all the studio ghibli movies um i go back to those movies a lot (laughs) actually um there's them uh you know (laughs) maybe not the best director in the world but i do love george lucas (laughs) he's not really the best director but i do love i I do love american graffiti i think he's like i don't i don't know why he like that's just this really pop of like genius in directing actors mm-hmm. and dialogue and all this stuff and then star wars everybody's so like stilted but yeah. uh <laughs> um no i i don't know i i always think about that and i don't i i just i think i always am am, 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 am like a good film student i guess and, and like film nerd yeah. whatever and, and I, I always go back to like kurosawa and and Leon and uh, I guess Miyazaki, but I, I guess if I had to put one down, I guess I'd say Kurosawa because yeah. to me he's just super cool, <laughs> and I've been reading his autobiography, and he's yeah. yeah. Uh, anybody who makes samurai movies is pretty cool by me, I guess. Heck so. yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Well, um, I think we're almost about wrapped up. Is there anything else you want to tell the audience about you? What's coming up? Anything in your life in particular? Um, if you want, you can follow me at DiscoDan18 on Instagram. I think it's mm-hmm. Disco underscore Dan18. should follow uh, Strawberry Film 2022. That's the movie I just recently produced yeah. with Natalie. It was on another episode yes. that you talked with her. Um, you can also follow at Baking Film on Instagram to see more about that movie. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to drop an EP soon. I'm a musician, so hopefully oh, yeah. within the next month, I'm so going to be, <laughs> be dropping some music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to give me a follow, see those projects, um, that's where it's going to be. So. Awesome. Well, it was great having you on the show, yeah, sir. it's great being here. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Awesome.